Hello and welcome to the Wedding Business Coaches Podcast. My name is Chris Piercy, joined by a slightly giggly Jack Brister. I'm only giggly because of you. I, I didn't do anything. Um, well, yes. you, so Chris was busy trying to sort out his cushion behind him, but he was in a bit of a rush because I'd already pressed the go live button on uh, on our streaming platform. So he was, he was just trying, it was just quite amusing to watch him do it, really. Well, it was behind my head and it's rotation and it's mirrored. So I was just getting a bit confused um, and it's still not comfortable. But you know what? I'm just going to suck it up now because I'm a professional like that. I can I can deal with anything, which is lucky because today I've got no idea what's uh, going on really because basically I, I launched a massive new blog this week, which I've been harping on about in the group. Uh, everyone's bored of hearing about it, uh, especially Jack, um, but it's great. So there we go. And anyway, uh, we haven't really done a lot about blog writing um on the podcast itself so one of us thought it'd be a good idea to have a q a session about blog writing and about this specific blog that i've written um and uh, yeah so jack has a bunch of questions if you're watching live then you're free to join in on that uh, throw some questions at me but i i've literally no idea what these questions are so the first question, Chris, is how are you? I'm all right, thanks, Jack. That's uh, that's a very nice of you to ask. I'm fine, thanks for asking. Um, oh, sorry, I didn't realize I was allowed to ask questions. You're how are you? One, that one. That, okay. I'm good, thanks, yeah. Uh, okay, so first of all, for those few people in the universe who don't know what you've just written what is what have you just written about chris so i have just written the ultimate guide to the perfect wedding breakfast um this is the kind of i guess you'd call it a follow-up to uh, a blog that i wrote called the ultimate guide to the perfect drinks reception um which you know i've you know if you remember the wedding business tips group and or you've um got our products that how to be found in the Google jungle, you will know that that ranks incredibly well on Google, number one for an awful lot of very um, key search terms. So I thought, you know what, I should follow this up with another one. Um, so that is basically it. It's an absolute behemoth of a blog, 9,000 words. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very, very comprehensive, I would say. So what got you, what, so was it the fact that your um, drinks reception blog was doing so well that made you go, right, I need to follow this up, or was there something else that kind of triggered it in your mind? Were you just really, really bored, or like, what, what, why did you write it? What made you do it? Uh, a little bit of column A, a bit of column B, a bit of column C. Um, all of the know, above. All, all of the above. Now, I've, I've, I always intended to do a wedding breakfast one, but kind of never got round to it um and given that you know that i mean that wedding drinks reception blog performs so well for me and it gets hundreds of hits to my website every single month which is you know what that is what you want organic content to do that is what blogs should do for you it should be um reaching out to people and dragging them into your website when they're not directly searching for uh directly booking you when they're searching for for other things um as we mentioned on one of the uh, podcasts a few weeks ago about content creation so yeah it was part it was partly that you know it was something i planned to do um i've been wanting to do more writing recently I've, you know with lockdown going on and having furloughed myself i have time 
so you know you know the stars aligned in terms of motivation to do it time to do it and you know desire to do it um and yeah just i started writing it um just a few weeks ago and then it's they're ready for all to see now so did you when you started writing it did you plan on it being nine and a half thousand words or whatever it is standing at now or was it just meant to be a normal blog or did you always know that it was going to be this massive thing um i'm very much of the opinion that you should kind of write until it's finished um and with it with it being you know the, i'll probably end up talking about blog links later on or might end up talking about it now but if if you make the decision to go out and write the ultimate guide to the perfect wedding breakfast then you don't want to write the half-assed guy nearly complete guide to a wedding breakfast because that's then not what you're you know the whole, the whole point of it being an ultimate guide is that it covers everything so this covers whether you should have a receiving line it covers when you should have your speeches it covers um wedding styling it covers wedding entertainment it covers uh, wedding music it covers wedding like the drinks it covers the food you know and it's got you know, tips on all of that so it, it would be it would be a miss to skim on words you know i think the i don't think there's any real extra words you know i could have gone from and trimmed things down a bit but i think it's pretty readable and that's the feedback that i've been getting from people so it doesn't feel like it's this absolute mammoth read. And I think that's the the important thing. It's not like it's it reads a bit like fiction, I think, in terms of it if in terms of it flowing. I think that's I think that's fair to say because it is it's written relatively conversationally as well. I think it's very much written as if I was chatting to you or you know, you were talking to me uh, about all of these problems that I might have when it comes to planning the perfect wedding breakfast. So I think that's something that, that really comes across and is really quite important, would you say, is the style of writing. It's got to be something that connects with the reader and also comes across authentically as you. Yeah, completely. I think that when, whenever I'm writing something, um, whenever I'm writing a blog, I just basically write down what I'm thinking in my head, more or less, and that just goes onto paper as a stream of consciousness um, and then I'll go back and, you know, kind of tweak it and, you know, add some full stops and um, extra grammar just to kind of shorten the sentences up a little bit sometimes. But in general, you know, so I'm of the opinion that a blog should be your business's way of proving your insight to um, the people who are reading it. So it, it shouldn't be, you know, a, a list of, um i did this i did that it should be you know you saying right i'm a professional i know exactly what i'm talking about i've done this many hundred weddings this is what i know there you go here's the here's the good stuff if you just if you're just providing information and this is something that nicholas kuzmich talks about a lot is that he's the wedding sorry he's the, he's the uh, facebook ads guy who i've mentioned a few times he says that uh, information is readily available you want to know who the uh, fifth president was you go on google you type it in you know that's information you know you want to know what the um you know 17 squared is you can go on google and you can type that in you can find out like 343 in case you're wondering um i really couldn't care less you really couldn't care less um that's, that's probably incorrect as well um that's it is it's 289 sorry uh anyway we, we digress um so yeah 
information isn't particularly useful and it isn't particularly interesting you know you have a you have a an information query you go on and you find that out normally relatively quickly insight is something which you can only gain through experience um and you know people want experienced writing supplies in general unless they're going really cheap or whatever so if you can prove to people that you are um insightful experienced uh, and you can also kind of convey that you're likable uh, and funny and charismatic and all these other things that i'm not in within a blog post you know that it it very much acts as a sales tool but in a much more subtle way so it, yeah it absolutely has to be written in a fun conversational way in in my opinion i think if you just write down information or you write it like you're writing a uh, a, a non-fiction book and a list of facts, it's never going to be read well and it's never going to be interesting to people. I think that's that makes perfect sense. So um, what then qualifies you, a magician, to be talking about your insight in wedding styling, for example, or you know, how did you overcome that as potentially being a problem uh, the fact that you are not qualified in all of these like you're not an expert in all of these areas that you're going to be talking about in this uh, mammoth blog i think that it does feel a bit weird at first i remember i think when i first wrote a blog maybe six years ago i think that the first one i really got my teeth into was one which was something along the lines of nine uh mistakes that uh, couples make when they're planning we their weddings. Um, I, can't, I can't remember the exact title, but it was about it was about what I'd heard guests say at weddings. So I kind of kind of removed myself away from the blame for oh, well, I actually heard guests say this at weddings. So that that kind of removed myself a little bit. But when it came down to it, you know, I think once you've done more than I don't know a couple of dozen weddings you've got you've been to more weddings than most people will go to in their lifetime so although you might not be the most experienced person in the world you know you've seen you know double the amount of centerpieces that anyone will ever have seen you know you you will start to build up a kind of a catalog of knowledge within your head and the thing about it is it's opinion you know it's um I mean, what, what you know i don't just like chuck it my blogs out there you know willy-nilly i mean i used to but I think it's they're they're far too important to me now for me to just do that. So I do get people to have a read through and get opinions and stuff like that. And the best feedback I had was from one of the group members who said that it it's was different to any other the, of the other blogs that she'd read in terms of wedding blogs, in that it didn't come across as um, patronising and it doesn't didn't come across as um, authoritarian at all. It became much like, look, I've done, I've been to loads of weddings, I've been to hundreds of them, but lots of experience of them. This is what I think. This is this is what I think, why I think it, and why I advise that you do that. I mean, you know, I, I'm very, very much of the opinion that speeches should be after the, the meal. You know, that's that's just just what I think. I think it's best, and I explain why. But I do talk about the advantages of it being before. So it's like I'm covering, you know. And I'm covering as many sides of the coin as I can. But in terms of wedding styling, no, I, I, I don't know how to style a wedding, but I do know what I've seen and I do know what 
makes things work and makes things doesn't work. And with a big guide like this, you know, I've, I, I, if you saw on the group, um, I asked people for their bits, bits and pieces of advice as well. So there was a couple of wedding stylists that have um, got some quotes in there about, you know, their, their individual tips, but essentially it's my opinion and it doesn't matter really if I've not been to any weddings, I could still write a blog on what I think about it all. It's just whether it comes across um, as genuine or not. And I think that with the way that I write, I, I think that it, it's, it, it's in no way disingenuous. And I think that's where the, the writing style is important, would you say? Because you're saying that it's ultimately it's opinion. And that's the important thing here. So the fact that you're writing it very much like it's conversational and it's coming out of your mouth means that it comes across conversationally and it comes across as opinion. It's not you going, you have to have the speeches after the breakfast because that's the best way to do it because of this, 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 and this. Uh, you're, you're saying, I prefer them here because of this, 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 and this. You could have them before because of this and this, but really, you know, it, and it comes across very conversational and that makes the, the opinion an opinion rather than a fact. Is that right? Yeah, I, th I think that, you know, when I wrote my book and, you know, with all the blogs I've written, the, the, the term that gets thrown around a lot by writers who've read my stuff is that my, my style is very disarming. Because um, I, I think that, it, you know, if you're, particularly for me, if, if I'm a guy trying to tell a bride how to not be stressed or how to plan their wedding or how to do everything. You know, if it, if I come across as chauvinistic or, you know, my way or the highway or anything like that, then it's just going to get everyone's backs up straight away. And they're just not going to enjoy reading it. I think that it's it absolutely, if you're writing blogs, like I'm writing, then it should definitely come across a lot more like, Hey, uh, I've uh, got a lot of experience with this this is my insight it's it's kind of it's worth what you paid for it you know if you're reading a blog you know you haven't paid anything for it take it on board ignore it um but i i, I give balanced opinion as much as I, I possibly can and you know if there's things that i want to say which are a bit more um i don't know if i do want to say you have to do it like this then i'll perhaps get someone else on board as kind of social proof of, of that so for instance so, in, in, yeah. yeah for instance in this blog because I've, I've never actually seen this i'm not sure if you have have you seen it where they have one speech after each course i've never been to i've heard of it but i've never yeah. seen it yeah so exactly i've 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 never seen it i've heard of it um but it, personally it sounds like it'd be an awful lot of faff for everyone you know the, the caterers for the photographers for the guests everyone and that's basically what i kind of thought and, and as i said kind of after i kind of explained it in the, within the blog i said i've never seen it all just seems like a bit too much faff for me that's kind of a polite way of saying i think it's a load of rubbish but then uh sourdough sarah actually um put a, a comment on the on the post on the group basically ripping that to pieces so i could just go right this is her saying exactly what i think about it but i don't have to say this myself so you know you can so she gets in trouble not you yeah she's uh, she has just commented before you mentioned that saying uh, the worst thing ever don't do it if you're doing videography it is a nightmare with mics and stuff 
yeah and she say so she she's she's owning the whole thing as well so it's not like uh, i'm like just throwing her in it I mean, she did agree for it to be a a, a quote so you know so, um so that's absolutely fine she's prepared to get in trouble for it she's happy about that so don't, yeah i <laughs> don't feel bad about that at all so okay um to sort of and, uh, and, and hello sarah hope you're well oh, yes. yes we haven't seen you for a couple of weeks i know we haven't been about either we're kind of doing podcasts as and when things crop up because at the moment there's so little going on it there's not really a lot to talk about so you know we're just kind of coming on as and when um and just for sarah's reference this is a disney polo shirt that i'm wearing at the moment so that's uh, we can carry on now and chris <sighs> is holding his head in his hands uh so kind of backtracking ever so slightly how obviously you you made the decision to write this blog you decided that you were going to write it until it was finished and that happened to be nine thousand words you knew it was going to be long because of course you had the experience of having written the wedding uh drinks reception one in the past so mm. how long did it take you from writing the uh from deciding you're going to start writing it to actually having it finished how long did that kind of process take for you obviously having done it before you have a little bit more experience and you'd be able to write it a bit faster than perhaps a new person but to write this nine thousand word blog how long did that take um i think from deciding i was going to do it to it being a finished blog was about two and a half weeks um it it could have been less but i had a a boo-boo with wordpress uh just top tip here if you are going to start blogging write your blogs on google docs um or is, is there an apple equivalent to that uh no not that's worth using okay so yeah you use google docs if you haven't got a gmail account then just get one it's free get google docs because basically it saves every single keystroke as soon as you've hit a key it's saved automatically because i decided to be stupid and was was I started writing it live in WordPress and for no apparent reason I lost about 2,000 words and completely unrecoverable and had to start from the beginning so it would have been less than that if I hadn't lost 2,000 words but there we go uh yeah so it, it's it's quite a, a long period of time but I I would predict that this is going to get me again hundreds of hits to my website every single month um, you know, I'm hoping it's going to get to the top of Google, like the wedding drinks reception. Don't know if it will or not. You know, Google algorithm is a difficult beast to tame. To tame so we'll, we will see. There's a lot of competition going on. But uh, um, if that is the case, that's going to be two weeks work very well spent, you know, because that's going to last for years. You know? And uh, who, who knows what I can do with that information once it's written as well. You know, I could put it on Kindle and get some money or, or something. I'm, I'm, not thinking about it at the moment but you know it's a possibility right yeah so your uh two and a half weeks i suppose is um your kind of ad spend to a certain extent isn't it your seo ad spend if you were to look at it mm. that way it, you didn't actually have to spend any money at all it's just the time that you've and because we've got time at the moment because we're not mm. able to be at weddings we're able to spend that time perfecting this blog and getting it right so they can be out there um because it's nine and a half thousand words, I imagine it's not perfect. There's, I mean, I have read it and it's very good. It's very well written. And obviously that, you know, you've had multiple people spell check it and all that kind of stuff, but there are inherently going to be mistakes. I've read books that have probably been proofread by 
tens, if not hundreds of people, and you still spot the occasional typo. What kind of do you, do you let perfect get in the way of good, or do you just go ahead and, and kind of settle for the fact it's not going to be a hundred percent perfect? Um, I, I think that well, this is another reason to write in Google Docs because it kind of checks your spelling and grammar as you're going through. So, you know, I think in general, there's not going to be many glaring mistakes in there if you if you do do that um i mean my most common mistake tends to be that i'll i'll write a, a sentence and then i'll maybe tweak or flip around how that sentence is rather than saying oh you may not something i'll change it to be actually i'll change it a bit afterwards and then say you may want to and then the not will have be in there or not in there so that it, the meaning of the sentence is incorrect which obviously Google's not going to know. It's not clever enough to know what I'm thinking yet, uh, but you know, it's you know things like that can get missed. Which I've, another reason why it's important to get this in front of people and for the people to read through it. So I had a, a few people have a, a read through, and you know, you things will get picked up. And you know, I I will look at blogs that I've been up for a couple of years, and then I'll say, oh, I can't believe there's that word in there twice or whatever. It doesn't really matter that much, you know. It's not, you know, it, it's not going to be a deal breaker in any by any stretch of the imagination. You obviously want it to look good. You want it to be professional, but you know, it's not, it's not something where you have to, you know, go and spend money having someone professionally proofread it in order for it to to get out there because it's just not, it's not. The mistakes aren't a deal breaker. I think is the bottom line. Like you want it to look good, you want it to look professional, but it's not, it's not deal breaking stuff. If there's some mistakes in there, and I think the key thing to realise is that because it's a blog, it's on the internet, so it can be changed when you notice it later on, or if someone else notices it, it's easy to change. So you don't need to necessarily hire that expensive blog, uh, that expensive copywriter to go ahead and proofread everything or anything like that. If you're writing a book that's going to be put into print, slightly different, because once that's printed, you that's there. You can't do anything about it. But when it's on a blog, if you then go back in six months' time or three months' time, 12 months' time, and you go, oh, there is that double word, you can go, well, just quickly edit that, get rid of that. That's And then going forward, no one ever knows that that's not there. So yeah. I think that's the important thing to notice about blogs is it's very easy to edit later on. Yeah, completely. I mean, I've I've gone back and you know, there's countless revisions of that already where I've gone in and you know changed one word and then saved it, and that's a revision. You know, it's you know it's it's an ongoing process of it. It kind of just gets edited as it as it goes along if people notice stuff or or point it out. And to be honest, not many of you, unless you really want to, are going to be writing blogs that are anything near as long as that you know it's, it's not it's not perhaps necessary to even write blogs as long as that but you know that's what i wanted to do so and i've got experience of writing very long things in my books like fifty thousand words so you know it's it's a uh, it's a lot yeah <laughs> so you know blogs can blogs can be 200 words you know and that's fine you know blogs can be um they can be a thousand words. They can be two thousand words. Not many blogs really are as long as what I've just written. But for what it is, it makes sense for it to be. Yeah, I think when you put the ultimate guide to, you're kind of heavily implying it's going to be a long piece of writing. 
which yeah. this, this definitely is. I think the kind of minimum expected that Google likes is kind of three to 500 words, I yeah. think is kind of the minimum they expect. Uh, yeah. So obviously Chris has gone above and beyond there a little bit with the 9,000. Um, okay, so how do you measure the success of this block? How are you going to be measuring the success of this block? What quantis, uh, quantifies success in, in this instance? Um, for, for me, it's a, it's a twofold thing. Um, firstly, honestly, just purely how many people visit the blog. Um, that basically measures for me um, how well it is SEO'd or how relevant it is to what people are going to be searching for on Google or whatever. Uh, and then the second metric is how, how good a blog is it? And, you know, the best way of measuring that is through how long people spend on the page. You know, if people are... You know, this, and this is both of this, these things are done through Google Analytics. So if, you know, if you have people coming on the page and, you know, they, they're staying on for an average of um, 37 seconds and it's a 9,000 word blog, then, you know, you, you realize very quickly on that that's just not good. You know, it's not, it's not, in, you've not engaged with people quickly enough for them to go, I want to be reading all of this. Um and equally, if, if the people aren't people aren't simply aren't going on it, then you know that you know either there's something wrong with your SEO or something like that, or it's just not something that people are interested in reading. So, yeah, that, 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 those are the two two main metrics. I mean, you know, people want to. I think people always want to know, oh, how much money is it making you? I I I can't I can't say for definite how much money this is ever going to make me. It might never make me any money, but you know, I will. I pixel everyone that comes onto my site. I can, you know, if I'm getting hundreds of people hitting my website, I can pick people are only going to be spending time on that page if they're getting married. So I can mm. pixel them. They can come to Facebook and I can send them a send them to a much more direct ad, which is going to have a better conversion rate than going straight to cold traffic. That's how it kind of ties in with the, the system that, that kind of I work in terms of content marketing. Okay, that was going to be my next question. So that's kind of shot that one in the fur, isn't it? Well, what, was, um, what was it? What was the actual question? The actual question was how does it fit into your? How does the blog fit into the rest of your inquiry system? Like, so, where does it sit? So yeah, I, I mean, one of the reasons that wedding business coaches or you know its previous uh, incarnation, wedding industry wisdom, started was because myself. Well, I, I found personally that there was a awful lot of information out there about how to run a business. Um, there's so much information and the kind of very typical way to run a business online was to um, advertise on Facebook. You'd send someone to a lead magnet to capture their email. Then you make them an offer um, for a very, a very cheap product, which would uh, serve as a tripwire to turn them from a, a nobody into a customer. Once they're a customer and they open their wallet to you, that's when you hit them with your uh, your um, flagship product. Um, now, I've looked at so many different courses, so many different things, all saying this kind of secret magical formula, this, this four-step process, and everyone would call it different things, but everyone was saying the same thing. And it was just complete bullshit for the wedding industry because, you know, basically within the wedding industry, Someone either books you, or they don't give you any money. No, that, that those. I mean, there's you know, you have different packages, you have different levels. 
but you're either getting zero pounds for them or you're getting say 500 pounds plus or 300 pounds plus or whatever your package is there isn't a really a lead magnet thing there, i mean there's little things you can do you know but there aren't any tripwires tripwires like a 10 pound product or a 30 pound product or whatever for certain like sections of the wedding industry that stuff can exist but it doesn't really you know you, you can't go can i have your email address here's something for five pounds uh do you want to book me for 600 quid it just yeah. doesn't it just, it just doesn't work it doesn't flow so that is why you know this what we're doing right now exists because I basically had to work out myself how to market myself on Facebook because everything out there on how to market on Facebook just didn't, it just didn't fit. So what I found to work was to advertise blogs. And that's what my course, uh, wedding industry, um, Facebook advertising is all about. It's about creating really strong, high quality, um, content, which shows you're an expert in your field, convinces people of it. And then once you've, shown this level of um you know experience and insight whatever to people then you have permission to then advertise to them um because if you just go in and go to someone completely cold and say um hey you want to book me they go well i don't know who you are i've never heard of you i don't know what you do i don't know if you have any experience whatsoever no thank you i just wanted to come on facebook and look at cats or complain about you know coronavirus or whatever spread fake news whatever they come onto facebook to do you have to get their permission first and you get the permission by showing them content that they want to read they give you their time by reading their blog you pixel them and then you can then retarget them and say hey so that's basically how this fits in you know i, I write a, a bunch of blogs i see which ones perform well see which ones get great interaction and then i advertise them to people once people have read them i then um with their permission then i go hey and then get bookings. Hashtag, right. hashtag rant. Hashtag that was the easy as that. Yeah, very much. Um, okay, so kind of bringing it back to blogs because kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent there. Sarah said that uh, she uses a blog generator to generate. Uh, she uses it for real wedding to share real weddings that she's mm -hmm. been to and she's done. I'm guessing is what she's. Um, talking about there so she takes a very different approach to you mm. um because obviously you do infrequent large blogs i imagine sarah's are more regular shorter blogs so what are the kind of advantages of both sides of that to kind of take your point of view and also to go down the shorter more regular uh, blog posts so for, for those that don't know sarah's a photographer just to have some context yes. here um so with that sort of thing that is great content for your website to show off what you do um it's without a lot of work it's unlikely to be the sort of thing that's going to be organically found by google it's a it's a great thing to uh to have on your website particularly as a photographer and say uh here's um um tom and nicola's wedding from uh Lulworth castle last year on, on your blogs and people go oh i've got married at, um, i want to get married at love castle what was that like and they can go, go on and they can see it and they can go through and go oh my god that's a shot that i want exactly etc etc because it's a great way of kind of kind of portfolioing like particular venues particular styles of wedding etc etc once people are already onto your website um whereas what 
I'm doing is kind of throwing a, you know, a fishing line out there and kind of reeling people in that way. So, but both of them completely have their merits. Um, and, you know, that is, I would say that, you know, a blend of the two as a photographer would be a great thing to do. Um, there's, you know, does that, does that cover it well enough? Yeah, I think so. Um, so she says she does it mainly for Google because she doesn't think people really read them. They just look at them for the pretty pictures. Um, yeah, I mean, if if you're if you're doing that sort of thing, then if you can make sure that your kind of alt text on the images is strong as well, then that's going to put all of those because people then do a Google image search and say Low Wolf Castle wedding or whatever, yeah. then you know people find a picture and go what web page is that picture on and then you know it's, it's found that way so you know it, it it does please google to a certain extent yes yeah and so kind of talking about alt uh alt descriptions and that kind of stuff and uh tagging your your photos and things how does that kind of work because that's really important because it's essentially uh, if i understand it correctly it's hidden text that explains what the picture does so google, what the picture is so google knows what uh what that picture is so it knows whether it's relevant to what someone's searching or not is that a very basic description of what that is i think that's the best basic description you could give of it so what can i say you you, you had to be uh right about something at some point well yeah it's been 25 years it was about it was a matter of time till i was finally right about something yeah so you're going to so you're going to actually explain kind of how that oh, works. Yes. So um, when it's, it's very important for a number of reasons to have images on on a blog, uh, partly just to break up the text a bit because you know if, if you've got a something which is very um, text heavy, then um, some images just to kind of break up the break up the text and so it feels less like oh my god this is going on forever reading 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 reading. Um, we can get into formatting of blogs and stuff in a minute if you want. But um, also the other thing is that, you know, like you said, it describes to Google what the image is so that if people are searching for wedding breakfast ideas and you've got a picture which shows some ideas for a wedding breakfast, then you will go, oh, there's this picture here which is relevant. So if people are doing an image search to go, Oh wow, that is that table setup is looks amazing. Uh, you know, I wonder what other ideas are on that page, and you know, kind of it drags them in, in in both ways. And it also, as far as we know, um, ties into um, your your uh, Google rank as well. Yoast Yoast who kind of is a plugin for WordPress, which helps you to know whether your page is going to rank well or not. One of the things is that Yoast says that the keyword that you're targeting should feature within the um, alternative text on the images. Perfect. Um, that makes happy. sense. Yeah, no, that, yes, I'm very happy. I think, I think I pretty much said what you were saying with just a few more words. Just a few more words. I think the thing is, is um, it, it really allows you to explain to Google what's going on in your blog without, um, without necessarily boring everyone in the uh, who's reading the blog because of course in the photo the photos as everyone you know as they say picture paints a thousand words you can actually 
put that into practice almost uh, with these alt texts and things. You can really, you, what? I should have said nine pictures. Nine pictures would have been. I should have had nine pictures. Nine pictures would have been a thousand words. Yeah, nine. You, you, that's where you've been going wrong all these all these years. You've been writing blogs. All you actually need to do nine put pictures. A of pictures on. You've been away with the fairies. Mistake. That is the big mistake. I should. Um, oh, Sarah says she sucks at alt text. Just, <laughs> so write, just type in what the image is. Thank you, Chris. Wow. I'm really glad we're interviewing you. You sound like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> if it's a bride and groom stood amongst their wedding breakfast stuff at a certain venue, say bride and groom standing, blah, 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 blah. And I would, uh, I think something kind of very briefly touched on it is to always talk about the, um, the venue and that kind of thing, because people will Google and will image Google, Google image search those were words that made sense in my head but didn't make sense in real life um so the you they would search for lulworth castle weddings or they would search for summer summer weddings at ashridge house or you know winter weddings at clevedon house these kind of things that's what people search for um on google so if you can alt text those images with those kind of captions that as obviously as long as they're relevant then they're going to start ranking on Google in the image search. Um, so see if you can try and bunch that. So Sarah's put a couple of examples there. She's put, this is a groom kissing his bride, bunch of yellow flowers, uh, and mother of the bride in a red hat looking at the sky. Um, so that's, yeah, if you can kind of expand upon that slightly, so you could be... Um, uh, groom, bride and groom sharing the first kiss at blah, 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 um, something like that. You're, you're instantly going to be elevating it above where it is at the moment because you're going to be including the venue. And I think the venue is quite a nice thing to put in as a as a kind of a standard because people will search for their venues as pictures. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I agree with Sarah there. So Sarah says she hates doing them so much. She's almost embarrassed about doing it. I think it. I always feel really awkward when I'm writing it because I'm like I'm just staring at this picture now, trying to work out what to say about it. Um, but it is, as far as I'm aware, well worth it for Google rankings and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, how, it's... How, do you, how do you get better at writing that kind of thing? Is it just doing it a lot? I I, I think a lot of people just overthink it. I mean, I, I don't. I don't. I've never really seen it as a, a difficult skill to you just you just kind of write what's in the picture, you know, without being you want to be succinct about it, but you also want to have some level of description. So, like, you know, ra rather than um, let, let's say you had a picture of a, some some pancakes you were having for breakfast, you could. You could have just have pancakes, which is okay. But if you said a uh, stack of blueberry pancakes covered with powdered sugar, that's going to give a lot more information to Google that's relevant. That's, that's relevant and that's succinct. So, yeah. um, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying mother the bride in a red hat looking at the sky. N not necessarily. In the sky, I'd question whether that was relevant or not. But, you know, 
mother of the bride in the red hat at venue. It's fine. Yeah, it's a summer wedding at blank venue. Instantly yeah. elevates it above. Um, and now I think you you might be turning Sarah off a little bit there because she's um, she's not happy with your powdered sugar comment. You got to put maple syrup on your pancakes. That's that's her words, not mine. Her words, not mine. Well, I, I agree I, with I, her. I, I, I didn't say that's how I have my pancakes. I just said that that is a way. That is a way. And it's the kind of thing you see on a lot of pictures, isn't it? You do see a lot of powder. They're wrong, but a lot of them do. Yeah. Uh, so Sarah says, so you're actually optimizing it for Google rather than for actual blind people. A uh, little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> yeah. Reasonable. Yeah. Right. Good. That's... <laughs> I think that's I think that's fair is that I think if Google was a blind person, how would you describe that photo to them? Yeah. And being, then, being specific but succinct. Yeah. How many words should an old text be? Uh, I think it should be less than 125 characters. So that's quite a lot. You, you can use quite a lot of words, but I, I think write what's in the picture. And then if you get to the point where you're going... What's another word for Dorito um, or whatever? Um, or you're, you know, you're throwing out, you're, you're really struggling to think of more synonyms. Then you're done. You know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't have to be loads and loads of words. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So um, I now really want bake, uh, pancakes with bacon and syrup, according to Sarah, because I, I now she's mentioned that's what pancakes are for. So that's what I'm hankering for now. Um, or cinnamon apparently also works. But she's uh, she's put the, the comment, which what I was laughing at, because uh, people blind people will think, OK, cool. What does Woburn Sculpture Gallery look like? These descriptions are infuriating. It's a reasonable point. Yeah, it's it's going to be what are people going to be googling? To what do you want that? Uh, what do you want that image to appear at the top of Google for as a search term? Yeah, and is it relevant to that picture? So obviously that picture has to be taken at Woburn Sculpture Gallery, otherwise that's going to be a bit pants. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and now Sarah's just coming up with incredible pancake idea she's got cinnamon pancakes with cream cheese dressing this this was quite this a good is... podcast it was my fault for men mentioning pancakes that's uh that i'll i'll uh, i'll take the blame on this one um do you have more questions about blogging uh i've got more questions about uh sarah's pancakes or maybe you two can get a room in a minute. <laughs> uh, she says, if I can ignore that a little, uh, a little and think more of Google and not be penalized for it, I'm cool. Always wondered. So yeah, just think about, think about Google when you are typing in that alt text and uh, see what you can come up with. Keep it under kind of 150 ish characters and you'll be away with the away with the fairies. That again, yes. like the third or fourth time this podcast is too much. Yeah, uh, I mean, almost like th think of it in reverse, as in what would you want to, 
if some if you were to type something into Google and this was the perfect res picture result, what would you have typed into Google? How about that? Does that woman, mother of the bride in a red hat looking at the sky is exactly what I would type into Google because um, I regularly do. And now I will know what to find. I will find Sarah's picture there. Um, yeah, well, I know that what you're going to be typing into Google directly after this podcast. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so, something that we haven't covered exactly um, is before we before we move on, I think. Is this a pancake Sarah, comment? Sarah's on to something. Okay, because she feels like she should take over the podcast, and um, we're going to leave you out of it, and we're going to have a different topic, and the topic is going to be top snacks to have whilst you're blogging. Because I feel like snacks are very important whilst blogging. I don't snack. You don't snack? No. You're not a human, Chris. Actually, I do. I have peanut butter oh, no, on, on Apple. Don't, don't tell us what you have. That's not a snack. That's torture. <laughs> Agree to disagree. <laughs> um, Amen. What do you want to move on to? Uh, now you've completely lost Sarah because you don't snack. Carry on, Chris. Go on. That's it. You're gone. You're dead to me. Right. Sorry. Just, I have protein shakes. Is that a snack? Not really. No. They're tasty. Mm. They are tasty, but that's not a snack. Okay. Um, yeah. One thing we haven't covered, so obviously we were talking very specifically about this behemoth blog that I wrote, but we didn't really speak about how ideas are formulated for them. I, I'm just going to go, and you, you can just, <laughs> you, can just <laughs> you and Sarah can just laugh amongst yourselves. So, yeah, so where do your ideas for your blog? I mean, I kind of didn't feel like it was necessary because you wanted to talk about this blog specifically when we spoke about this and i feel like this isn't a particularly difficult one to come up with an idea for like it's fairly people haven't done it but it's a, it's not a particularly difficult thing to have an idea for i don't think so go on then if you want to talk about that i will happily sit and pretend to listen while i just contemplate the fact that i'm friends with someone who doesn't have snacks i don't say i've never snacked i'm not really snacking at the moment well, I'm, well, no, I mean, if you're on a podcast, it would be inappropriate to snack at the moment. You're probably snacking. <laughs> I'm just having water. That's all I've got. So okay, fair enough. No, no I was just going to say that with regards to you know, because people struggle for ideas for blogs, is um, that you know, generally what I follow is the formula that we've got in the download how to be found in the Google Jungle, which basically takes you into the mind of you know, people who are looking to book stuff for their wedding, but, you know, taking into account what stage they might be at, what they're looking for, how much they know about that particular thing, uh, and actually looking at what terms people are literally going to be typing into Google and then creating content which is going to fulfill those needs. Because I think most people go, oh, I'm going to write a blog about this um, without any real thought about, who are, who is going to be looking for that? Whether people are going to be looking for that, or anything like that, they they think about it. They they write the blog and then they try and shoehorn that into some sort around some sort of 
search term rather than going right i'm going to be writing for people who have um just recently got engaged they haven't got a venue yet and you know they, they never snack um and whatever and then writing a blog based around those specific things about those specific people um rather than the other way around um so yeah the, the formula that i followed for this is more or less kind of come straight out of um how to be found in the google jungle which is available on weddingbusinesscoaches.co.uk for 25 of your english pounds oh that was quite the shoehorn that was impressive chris um sarah would like to make the point that you look like you've got navy bunny ears um which is marginally better than your usual uh, party hat that you look like you've got on does that help that's so much better for the podcast listeners they are going to be loving this content right now um so I think the last question that I'm going to ask that I feel like needs to be answered is how did you write nine and a half thousand words without any snacks? I have self-control. You've lost me. Um, I just eat at mealtimes like a grown-up. Yeah, but when do you eat your chocolates? Don't really when eat chocolate. You don't need chocolate now. I feel like Sarah's going to have strong opinions on this. I feel like this is just going to this is going to descend into insults, and I can't be dealing with it. Um. So shall we? Fin- I feel like that's a. a I, I don't, I'm just lost for words. I, we need to finish the podcast, Chris. Like forever, not just today, but that's it. Okay, that was it. Was fun while it lasted. It was. It was good. I enjoyed it. So um, you've already shoed horn, shoed horn, shoe horned, shoed in, showed, showed horns, shoe. <laughs> Jack's broken. <laughs> Leanne, come and reboot him. I haven't had enough chocolate today. That's the problem. Um, shorned, shorned. Do, 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 do I need to talk instead of you? Because you're being so, shit. No, it's fine. You've already shoe horned in the... Um, the the how to be found in the google jungle so we don't need to talk about that but if people want to find out more about you know kind of what we do how we can help their business what yes chris what do you want to say now shut up because you've missed something important that we wanted to say see if you see if you can remember why do you do this to me i'm gonna give you one one clue is it the yeah i knew it was going to be i thought it was going to be that so that's oh, shut up you were completely you were utterly floundering i was not floundering and you exactly you were like you were like ariel's best friend oh look at that disney reference look at you oh you're such a grown-up um it's only because my daughter's watching little mermaid as we speak right uh, that's right yeah your little your little girl is yeah hmm not me. I, I was watching with her for, for a bit, and then I came and did the podcast. So I, I bet you, you must have been disappointed when you found out you had to go do the podcast. Yes. So for people, uh, I'm moving on. I'm just I'm finishing this up now. I don't know about you. Um, so we are currently writing a, or we're going to, we're about to start writing a blog on uh, the current state of the wedding industry because obviously everything's gone to poo. Um, put it nicely. So we're kind of trying to find out where people are and where they think this, the wedding industry is going to end up and all these kind of things. We're looking for people to interview. We've got 
10 slots available four or five are already gone something like that um so if you are interested in that drop chris or i a message or you can email us at grow at weddingbusinesscoaches.co.uk letting us know that you're interested in that and we'll arrange a time to have a quick sort of 20 minute call something like that just to kind of uh, find out more about that and then of course you'll feature in the blog if you want to find out more about what we do where can they do that chris uh, they can head over to weddingbusinesscoaches.co.uk and uh, on that you can book a free 15-minute call if you want to talk more directly about your business and what we can do to help you or you can visit our shop which has got a whole range of different products on it at a whole different range of price points plus there's also a bunch of free resources which you can download to um, help your business from inquiry trackers to sales and accounting stuff and everything in between really so yeah, lots of good stuff. There you go. Uh, we'll be back. So as we said, we're not going live every week at the moment. We're not doing a podcast every week because there's so little going on in the industry um, that's worth talking about that we're kind of just doing things as and when things crop up. So we'll be back at some point in the next couple of weeks. Um, yes, Chris. If anyone's got a really good idea for a podcast episode, we'll happily do it next week. Yeah, if you have got, if you have something we want, you want us to talk about, it's like yeah, talk about this. Well, yeah, we will. We can do that for you. I mean, nice like that. Yeah. Well, I am. Jack's not. Jack's just a lazy something. It's all is very true. Um, Sarah wants us to talk about snacks next week. Okay, I can talk about my favourite snacks. You've already done it, though, and you can only eat one. I'm just not snacking at the moment. Any reason? Because I'm trying to get ridiculously hench and ripped, and snacks don't make that happen. Right. Yeah. Well, it depends what kind of snacks you eat. Um, the good ones, no. You're right. Uh, so Sarah wants us to test the best bourbons and sample one from every supermarket. I will better that and I'll do it with custard creams because I prefer custard creams to bourbons. Bourbons suck. No, bourbon. Bourbons suck. They're they're a weak biscuit. Custard creams blow them out of the water. Even I, I would choose the cheapest custard cream over the most expensive bourbon any day. Oh, look at that. That's an opinion if ever I heard one. Bourbon's probably the most overrated biscuit. Oh, hmm. I would, I, I would be inclined to agree, I think. Yeah, I feel like that's reasonable. And what about nice biscuits? Are they? Are they really? Are they, are they really? biscuits? Are they neither? Are they just a bit crap? Are they just a bit crap? The answer is... They are the ones yes. that, that get left at the bottom of the biscuit tin. If you had a biscuit tin, you'd know. Um, I've got a biscuit tin. You just don't go near it. Is it empty? No, it's got mouldy biscuits in it. No, it's got pretty three different types. What have I got on? And what three different types of biscuits have you got in there at the moment? Um, I think there's some custard creams, um, chocolate digestives, and oh. there might be there might be uh, a couple of hobnobs in there as well. God, blimey, that's uh, that's quite the tin you've got there. That's uh, pretty relevant. That's good. I've got, what have I got in ours at the moment? I, we, 
What have we got? We've got custard creams. We've got nice biscuits. Uh, They're the ones left at the bottom. Um, we've got some malted milks in there. I'm going to sound like our biscuit tin is massive at the moment because we've got some hobnobs in there. No, we haven't got any hobnobs. Uh, we've got cream crunches. The uh, they're brilliant. Vinny's biscuits. Yeah. How many different biscuit types have you got in there? Quite a lot. Yeah, Fo- Fox's uh, crunch creams. Those are the ones. Those are. They are. Yeah, those. Nice. Those are the daddy. Yeah. Like anyway, should we should we say goodbye to the people who, if anyone is still listening at this point, thank you. Um, I don't know why. Please reassess your life values at this point. Really, like, if this is the best thing you'd be doing with your time, please stop. Do something else. Well, that's yeah. Hobby. Learn a language. Do something better than this. Just Jack, just trying to insult our audience. It's I mean, why are you still listening to us talking about what's in our biscuit tin? It's interesting. We no can one learn a lot. Cares. No one cares. Are you just trying to get the the weekly listens down to zero? That's, so that's you, what I'm aiming for. So um, you've got the excuse to just not do it anymore. Is that yeah. is that it? I'm gonna I'm gonna finish on on this because Sarah says you know those uh, fox ones with the chocolate in the middle. The Viennese fingers are brilliant. I will say that those are top-notch biscuits. And that is that's the last thing I'm gonna to say today on the podcast. Okay. Bye. <laughs>